This episode of Movie Lover is really special to me. Um, it was recorded, uh, I don't know the exact date, but it was August of 2019. So it was recorded a while ago while I was still living in Maryland. And I had over one of my best friends to talk about Scott Pilgrim versus the world because it's one of our mutual favorite movies. And it was just, it felt very, it felt highly appropriate to have him over to discuss it with me. And because of that, this is actually a really long episode. It's, it's well over an hour. Um, and so then because of it, though, it was the actual first episode of the podcast that I wrote and subsequently recorded, um, I knew I didn't want the show itself to be an hour long per episode. So I decided that this would be the season finale. This would be the big closer of the the show. So uh, thank you for listening to it. I so appreciate the time that you've given to hear me talk about movies. And in this one episode to hear me and another guy just jaw about this ridiculous fun movie um so thank you and uh thank you for enjoying the first season of movie lover 22 welcome back to movie lover 22 where all your movie dreams come true a la willy wonka this week we're uh well we are talking about scott pilgrim versus the world based on the graphic novel by brian lee o'malley uh the movie was written by michael beck Michael B. and Edgar Wright, <laughs> and directed by Edgar Wright. I'm joined by my friend Brian. Hi, Brian. Hey, how you doing, Steve? Doing good, doing good. Um, so, first of all, let's go to our messages from last week's episode. We have no messages. Is this your favorite movie? I don't actually know what my favorite movie is, but this is in the top five. Top five? It definitely okay. is. Um, what company does it share? It shares um, Fast Five. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it shares um, Enemy of the State. Okay. Uh, Tremors <laughs> and maybe Monster House, just because. Maybe Monster House. <laughs> oh my God! What? You're a dork. You're a d- it's great. Ah, it's on my Netflix. So queue, much just, puberty. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's great. I thought you might say Fight Club, but you did. I, I get mm-hmm. it. You do have to have another fun, goofy comedy on there. Well, so I mean, I all of all of those like are silly at some level, except for Enemy, Enemy of the, of the State. State is not silly whatsoever. Like. No, and which is funny because I I usually like like horror movies and things like that, but I don't think I have a horror movie that I'm not even sure if I have one in my top. Um, that I like. I don't know. I'll have to. I'll have to look through. Uh, anyway, this movie is incredible. Yes. And honestly, we could end this episode right here. But we <laughs> lame. But we have to talk about it. There's so much going on in this movie. We kind of have to keep on talking about mm-hmm. it. Um, I, I do want to say before we start that mm-hmm. you were the one who introduced me to this movie. I thought so. I wrote that down, and I <laughs> think was that the day I made mac and cheese for you, and it was. Terrible. <laughs> So, so you you thought that all cheese <laughs> was up. similar to Velveeta, where you just add milk or water, and then you have a cheese sauce. This was a long time ago. <laughs> so I was, so you served me this bowl, 
with basically three different things in it. Noodles, <laughs> melted cheese, and then cheese water. <laughs> because the, the cheese oh, did man. not... I like adding more cheese. Mix in. True. You thought it was too watery. I think that was the main. Well, no, no, it wasn't mixed. It was three separate things in a bowl. It was like yes. ramen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it still tasted good. You I just guess. persnickety. Sure. Anyway, yeah, that was a fun day though. It was a fun day, and you're welcome. <laughs> Not for yes, the mac and cheese, but maybe for this. <laughs> um, so. The plot of this movie follows 22-year-old Canadian, because uh, that's important, Scott Pilgrim from his announcement to his bandmates that he's dating a 17-year-old Chinese girl to falling for an American girl, Ramona Flowers, uh, and the discovery that she has seven evil ex-boyfriends. Evil exes. Whom he must defeat in order to date Ramona. Um, and we already talked about your background with the movie. Uh-huh. Uh, so let's jump into the making of. Uh, so Scott Pilgrim was originally created by O'Malley when he attended a Plum Tree concert, was invited backstage, and the band has a song called Scott Pilgrim that they played for him. You'll you'll know the song; it's in the movie, and there's the lyric in it. I've liked you for a thousand years, and he liked that and began developing a character based on that name. And so I think I had notes about that was right before he broke up with her right uh it's a couple scenes before this oh, is okay. th- this is when oh he's like oh this is at the I've, very beginning i never even kissed a guy that's okay <laughs> neither, neither have, have I. I yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> so i think we held hands once <laughs> <laughs> um so that's that's how scott pilgrim came into be plum tree of all things okay um and, and, and I assume so. This is just like an alternative band, or like even in like an indie band that yeah yeah, yeah oh, like, that's so like, cool. Because um, that's that's really like the whole basis of this this yeah. like alternative indie yeah. scene and kind of making it fictional, but like at a higher level. I, yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. All right, so it's it's just crazy to me that it, it came about because of because uh, of Plum Tree. All mm-hmm. things didn't even you know I've never listened to Plum Tree. Um, inter- interestingly enough, the first issue, because uh, this was released as a graphic novel in six volumes over time, mm-hmm. um, the first issue was so successful that the movie rights were grabbed almost immediately. So, before volume two ever came out, so the movie was actually developed alongside the graphic novel. Oh, wow. So Edgar Wright and Michael, whatever his last name is, they were writing it with that guy just about. Um, and so the only the, like, there's a, a few exceptions, uh, but for for the most part, the movie is really similar to the graphic novel. Um, the biggest exception is the ending. The ending is different because the screenplay was finished before um, O'Malley finished writing the graphic novel. Yeah, I've I've, thrum, I've thumbed through the uh, graphic novel uh, once or twice, and I've never bought it because I thumbed through it. And I'm like, oh, this is like word for word <laughs> from the movie. So why yeah. do I need to? Because usually when I watch like a movie uh, based off of a book or something before I read the book, I um, I'll be like, oh, I really like this, and then. I want to read the book because usually there's a lot more in the book than there's in the in the movie, and you kind of yeah. get deeper into that story or, or even like the characters and stuff than you would with the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 
Um, but not this one. This one, yeah. <laughs> like you said. <laughs> a lot of musicians contributed to producing the music for the soundtrack. Um, most notable Beck and Metric, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, including original songs. Beck wrote Ramona. Uh, Metric wrote Black Sheep. Uh, um, though... In the movie, all the songs are sung by the actors, if they're not just pure soundtrack. But on the soundtrack, almost all the songs are performed by the original vocalists, except stuff like Sax Bob Bomb's music, mm-hmm. which is performed by um, Mark Webber uh, and Michael Sarah. Um, and I have to say this, Brie Larson's version of Black Sheep is so much better than Metric's. Really? Um, I yes. have not heard. I'll have to. Well, it's she. Brie Larson plays. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the version in the movie is her singing. Yeah. It, that that, oh, that part oh, is awesome. You're saying I you like, haven't heard Metric's version. I haven't heard Metric's it's version. It's not that good. It's not that good. It's but. But no, that when she first start. That's that's the song she sings when um, um, when their band is is um, yeah. uh, Clash of Demon Heads starts. Yeah. yeah. That. Oh, I love that scene. They're much better live. You should hear them live. I have so much about that character, too. Um, good, good. Um, <laughs> also, Edgar Wright actually wrote a letter to Nintendo for permission to use music from mm-hmm. Zelda yeah. in the dream sequences, writing that the music was like nursery rhymes to a generation, <laughs> and they said yes to that. And I really <laughs> love that. This Clearly, this man is a nerd, and who better... To give permission to, there, there, there were like too many times, you're fine, um, where um, they would play one of their songs, and then I would just like have a flashback to playing Zelda. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is that. This happens there. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Scott Pilgrim actually bombed at the box office. <laughs> it it ended its opening weekend in fifth place, uh, and it made only forty seven million dollars. Against a budget of eighty-five to ninety. Well, here's the question: Who else was playing the? I don't. Oh man, I should have looked that up. I totally forgot. <laughs> well, in contrast, though, the movie that Edgar Wright made before this was Hot Fuzz, and that oh. cost twelve million dollars. Wait, how much did Scott cost? Eighty-five to ninety. So 12? that is. Oh wow, half. I half. I, or less. Or eighty-five million. Oh, eighty-five. Half, yes. Oh, I was yeah. thinking eight. Shoot, my brain's broken. Yeah, but what a difference of like a budget. Like that is <laughs> that's huge. It's crazy. Um, but what I like about that situation is that under normal circumstances, a studio would give up and not do it again. But Universal actually put out a statement afterwards saying that, you know, of course, they're disappointed that it underperformed, but they were really proud of the movie and said mm. that they were really happy with Edgar Wright's vision and down the road, it would be considered an exceptional piece of filmmaking. Oh, it definitely is. <laughs> yes, but I like no one ever speaks highly of studios like that. So I, that was really cool. That's right. The, I mean, there are so many movies like if they don't perform or don't perform well, like when they uh, in the box office and they go over budget, they're always like downplayed they're like yeah. oh this is hard like one movie that definitely fits all those categories but i like the movie Waterworld. <laughs> and, and yes it's a, it's a joke it's, it's kind of a joke of a movie but yeah so so what does this say that like this does uh hit all those uh levels of of not a impressive oh, yeah. movie but then yeah. still they turn around and go well 
we're still glad we did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, however, once the movie hit DVD and Blu-ray, it sold $3 million in the first week of its release. First week? Yes. <laughs> That's crazy. Yes. The more I think about it, I really can't see this movie being made today. It's almost 10 years later. Uh-huh. came out in 2010. I, I don't think Hollywood would make this movie now. I think it's too mainstream and nerdy for a studio like A24. No, that's the thing. It's not mainstream, and that's why it's not... No, but... I, what I mean is like 824 does like weird and oh, yeah. mysterious and you know artsy whatever this okay. this doesn't fit in there I think if this got made it would have to be like Kick-Ass where it would get turned down by studios he would say fuck it and make it and then sell it to a studio I don't think a studio would ever, would make this picture now the exception being Netflix <laughs> and they I think would ruin it I, I don't trust Netflix original movies uh, very much I'm I'm very skeptical of them. Um, I mean, I've watched but, a handful and I haven't been disappointed, but I haven't watched any <laughs> like remakes or like I almost want to say covers <laughs> of um. Is there a difference? I don't think yeah, so. I know uh, of movies, <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I don't know. Not yeah, to... I just I I think it was made at the perfect time, mm-hmm. right when we were getting old enough to appreciate the movie being made. And now... It was 2010, right? Yeah. So 2010 was, like, the end of that genre of, like, music being popular. Like, the alternative rock and kind of, like, the indie rock and things like that. Sure. That was... It was was almost, like, the perfect time to say our goodbyes, (laughs) which I'm still mad. (laughs) Not back. (laughs) But, um, um... but yeah, it was it was like a good a good um, eulogy, if you will, <laughs> to the music of that era. Yeah. This was written and directed by Edgar Wright, who famously directed the Three Flavors Cornetto trilogy, which is Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End. Love them all. Yes, as well as his <laughs> latest movie, Baby Driver. This man has never made a bad movie. He's a genius and will and would be on my top five directors list if it existed. Like he, (laughs) yes, he's one of the guys who takes the art of filmmaking and makes an entirely new style, almost a new genre, all on his own. He's wonderful. Um, I mean, he he's done a bunch of different genres. He did horror, comedy, action, thriller. Like he's. So good. He mixed a lot of them, too. And he mixed them <laughs> flawlessly. Um, and Scott Pilgrim uh, is his weirdest film to date. It's unlike any other, and it stands tall on its own. And that's just awesome. World's End is pretty weird. <laughs> yeah, but World's End is not a comic. World's End is just aliens. Well, see that. So this is video game. So the other day, Faith and I were watching that movie with friends, and we—they never heard of the movie, and I didn't say anything, and so we start (laughs) watching the movie, and they thought it was just a movie about like grown-ups like drinking, (laughs) reminiscing about the past, and then and then they got into a fight, and they start breaking open these people and bleeding blue blood. 
We have blood on our hands. It's more like ink. We have ink on our hands. But I'm sorry. It, it no really one has come up with anything hands. better than smashy mashy go go machines. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not the quote, but it's good enough. Good enough for this. I the blanks. It. Yeah. <laughs> smashy smashy. <laughs> Ah oh, man, that's a great movie. That's another um, episode right there. It really is. It really is. Um, uh, the writer Michael also wrote. He wrote both Jump Street movies. Oh. And Project X, which I don't think anyone cares about at all. I have not seen it. I don't really see a reason to watch it, but exactly, it never really said anything. You know, it's yeah, whatever. Um, and he's been in a bunch of movies. Uh, the once stood up to me were Inglorious Bastards and Free Willy. So, <laughs> oh wow, what a mix! That's yes, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, the movie was shot by Bill Pope. Um, he's one of the more more mainstream cinematographers. He did Clueless, Matrix, Spider Man Two, Army of Darkness, Baby Driver, World's End, Dark Man, and most recently, I think, was Alita: Battle Angel. Um, so he's had some pretty big credits on there. Um, he's done a fine job. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's go on to the cast. And we have a shitload of people to talk oh, about. I was, I was realizing uh, this yesterday watching this. Everyone and their sister is in this movie. And there, and I love how even some huge big name actors, they throw them in, but they have such like small roles sometimes. Do you know why? This movie... It doesn't feel like it, but this movie is actually before they were that famous. Like, Chris Evans was not that big when this movie came out. Hmm. Like, the most big... The biggest thing he had done to date was um, not another teen movie. Wasn't he... Wasn't he in... Um, <laughs> you, you probably never even saw this. Uh, the Perfect Score? Uh, kind of sounds familiar. But that was the movie where the teenagers try to steal the answers to the SATs. <laughs> you've you've told me about this movie before, but like a year ago. Yeah, it's it's one of those movies <coughs> that like, yeah, no one remembers when it came out. I only remembered it because I was a teenager. I wanted to hang out with friends, and so what we did was we went and watched movies, and this is one of the <laughs> random movies that we went and saw. I liked it. <laughs> Proud of you, buddy. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but um, oh yeah. Um, b- back to the people. Anna Kendrick. I yeah. love her. Her character is one of my favorites. But my favorite, one of my favorite characters in this is definitely um, Kieran Culkin. Kul- yes. His- okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, so first we have Michael Sarah as Scott Pilgrim. Um, Edgar Wright had Sarah in mind to play Scott for a couple years. Uh, because you saw a couple episodes of Arrested Development. Um, and I love Michael Sarah. I used to hate him. Huh. Kind of like Jesse Eisenberg. Because everyone like, oh, he's just that awkward guy. Um, but I can't help it. Because, number one, he's perfect in everything. From Superbad to Juno. I love Superbad. I was late to the Superbad game. I watched it for the first time about a year ago. And I loved it. I still haven't watched it. Really? Oh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's fun. Um... And I'm also one of the 17 people who saw Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist and one of the four people who liked it. Um, I mean, that's on my list, but another it? movie I haven't seen. <laughs> um, and oh, so like kind of reverse way yeah. back to when you're another movie. That might be the only movie that is similar to Scott Pilgrim is um, 
the infinite playlist the the only because it's heavily mu- music focused other than that i don't think they have many similarities mm-hmm. he doesn't have to fight anyone see that's the problem again. with movies if they're not all uh heavily music based unless they're a musical and we don't want musicals <laughs> that's fair i guess yeah all right so I, I I was recently listening to um, a podcast. Uh, can't remember the uh, the name of it, but basically they want they they watch movies and talk about the um, the villain and um, kind of talk about how the villain was wronged in the movie or whatever. <laughs> and they started talking about Scott Pilgrim and how he's kind of a douche and like this whole time. What rewatching it, I'm just looking at all these instances where Scott is literally the worst. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> in the very beginning, when uh, Knives comes over to to their house when they're um uh, they're practicing, mm. and she comes in, he goes. Let me help you with your coat. Yeah. And he grabs it and then turns around and drops it on the floor. And there's a coat hanger, like, right there. It's like, are yeah. you kidding? Or, um, uh, there was one time they were talking and, um, Knife starts talking about, I guess, um, uh, Clash of Demon Head and how much he mm-hmm. likes it. And then he, he cuts in and goes... So you were saying about me? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, really? Yeah, he is... Yeah, he is kind of the worst. As as Kim says, you are the scum, scum of the earth. Scum of the earth. Yeah, thanks. Did I say scum? I meant salt. No, it's <laughs> Or salt. Oh, I said yeah, it backwards. I jumped to the earth. Ah, yeah. lame, Steven. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, and I feel like that's kind of like the movie, like at the very end is when he really... Oh, yeah, I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like there's not many positive. Like he's funny, mm-hmm. uh, but it, he's a he's a dick, and he's not willing to put his feelings aside at the end of the movie and sign the deal. And I don't I don't know if I would have either given his situation, but you know he was willing to screw over the other two people who did not have anything to do with his squabble. And yeah, so that yeah. I mean that that's an interesting aspect to the whole. Um, Signing over, or I mean, I mean, signing to a big label, and then I mean, the um, who's who's the guy who's the lead singer? Uh, Mark Webber. Yeah. Steve. Uh, Stephen Stills. Yeah, Stephen Stills. He he is like so desperate to get yeah. this contract deal. Like he he like throws everything into the trash just to get this deal. Mm-hmm. But then, like you said, there's also um, Scott Pilgrim who's like. Oh, I want to be whiny, so I'm not gonna support everybody, support mm-hmm. the band. So it's like a, it's a balancing act of terribleness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everybody sucks. Yeah. Next, we have Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Ramona Flowers. Um, she's chosen some real hit or miss movies. Uh, she was the lead in Ten Cloverfield Lane, which was amazing, except for the last five minutes. She also starred in the really shitty prequel to The Thing and Live Free or Die Hard, so someone needs a new agent. Um, also, she was in <laughs> Swiss Army Man, which is a very inventive movie. I really like it, as well as Sky High, The Spectacular Now, Death Proof, fuck that movie, um, Final Destination 3, and The Ring 2. Pretty good, pretty good actress, a lot of bad movies. A lot of bad movies. Um... 
<laughs> yeah. And she's kind of a dick in this movie as well. Um, she's pretty cold, um, a little standoffish, one and of, kind of unreadable at times, which one, one of, a dude irks me. <laughs> one of the best lines that she says that kind of like puts her character um, into perspective is... Where was it? Oh, it was... Um, I... I dabble in being a bitch or so, something along yeah, those yeah. those lines, yeah. and it's true. In like like Scott brings up, she he goes, "Have you dumped everybody you've mm. been with?" Yeah, <laughs> and oh, and that's where where she says it. She goes, mm-hmm. "Well, I, I dabble in being a bitch." Yeah, I like Mary Elizabeth Winstead in general, and I think that might be the one reason I like Ramona Flowers. Well, the other thing that, about Ramona, she's an adult. the only the only thing about Ramona Flowers, or the one thing of one thing about Ramona Flowers is that she's confident in who she is, and so that's true, that's, yes. that's what makes her more likable. The fact that she knows that she's done these things, she doesn't want to do it in the in the future, mm-hmm. and she's trying hard, but she's not going to promise you anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, like, another aspect of that is the whole hair color changing. Mm. Is because she doesn't know. She likes to uh, play it on the edge. See, go with the wind, you know? See what happens. And... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, next, we have Jason Schwartz- Sch- mm-hmm. Schwartzman. Gideon Graves, um, and I love him. I love him in everything from the Grand Budapest Hotel to Saving Mr. Banks to Fantastic Mr. Fox, and that was when I realized those are the only things I've seen him in, and I love them all. Um, yeah, I haven't... Like, <laughs> his face is extremely familiar. Yeah, yeah. Um, But, like, look, looking at his... Like, the movies he's done, I haven't really watched most of these, so I'm not sure why I recognize his face. <laughs> he's just been around i guess um but i like him in this movie a lot um he's good at being uh your fake friend basically <laughs> he hey, is guy you know it's <laughs> hey no need to no need to, to freak out no i just spilled hot coke all over my crotch ah <laughs> uh, you know it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. or, or or when um uh, when ramona leaves with him in the limo mm. and he's like Sorry about the whole yeah. <laughs> evil access thing. I was in a bad time, yeah. you know. So no hard feelings, right? All right, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. <laughs> My other favorite line from uh, there's two. Um, there's one that's just kind of fun. Where he's like, "Cause the acoustics in here are amazing." <laughs> and then when he's about to die. And he's like, you know how long it took me to put together the league and get together all their contact information? Like, two, two hours. hours. Yeah. Like, how? <laughs> A lot of effort, bro. <laughs> I, well, see, that's something else I wrote down that kind of, like, stood out to me. Not just his character, but there's a lot of other characters where, um, like, two hours in their mind is a big chunk of their lives i i forget where else it stood out to me but yeah there was another part where it's just like wow these people are really petty (laughs) (laughs) yes yes moving on we have ellen wong who plays knives chow um i've only seen her in scott pilgrim um but she does a great job as the bright you know high-spirited high school romantic um, apparently she's also in Glow. 
I haven't um, watched it yet. Okay, I, th- I knew one of you had. I didn't Andrew, know if it was you or yeah. Andrew. Um, but that show uh, looks super boring to me. So, <laughs> sorry. Uh, not sorry. Um, okay. Uh, you have anything to say about Knives? That character evolves so much in the movie. <laughs> it's it's really crazy. I One of my favorite scenes is um, when she was... Um, <laughs> when Scott broke up with her and she decided she was going to start dating young Neil mm-hmm. <laughs> and I have like a whole list of just like the things she says <laughs> while she's like dyeing her hair oh, yeah. um, I like, literally can't hear anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love where she goes I didn't even know there was good music till like two months ago <laughs> and um just that whole scene where she's getting all worked up. And then you go from that to the very end where she's like, Scott, chase after her. Yeah. That's what you've been fighting for. And how she's like cool as just being friends with him. I mean, it might be she a may- little too large of a, of a gap. But also mm. you kind of think of when there is hardship or or when people come against like hard times and Mm -hmm. strife and stuff when they're together when this happens it Mm -hmm. kind of builds that relationship and so the fact that they had to battle Gideon together kind of made her mature very quickly she and Scott kind of share an interesting parallel arc there you know that that is true they Um, were they were different they were um different types of immature yeah and they maybe at at similar levels and then they they did kind of change at the same time yeah mm-hmm. well they both mar- made a lot of similar decisions you know he went with Ramona and she went with young Neil, <laughs> young Neil. albeit very briefly um but, but we don't know if she stayed with him the movie didn't say that which I was thinking last night I wish I knew <laughs> I, I we can probably assume that they didn't because at that point she is mature enough. Because uh, she's she too cool have. for him. She's too cool. She's too cool. She's cool. <laughs> um, that's a line at the end. I'm too cool for you anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I right. love that line. <laughs> um, you know, she matured a lot, and I think, uh, yeah, I, the, yeah, yeah. Honestly, she's kind of she's almost a hero of the movie. And they both have that semi like they both have a simultaneous bit of closure. At, at the mm-hmm. final fight where they fight together like the same ninja stuff oh, as that, well. Oh, that is cool, um, yeah. Similar, yeah. Similar to when they were playing the video, the, the arcade exactly. game when they were dating. Exactly. It was like, oh, we could do this together, but it's it has a slightly different meaning. It's mm-hmm. friendship, and that's maybe all that was before. Yeah. We're just, it's stronger now. Yeah. Next up is both of our favorites, Kieran Culkin as Wallace Wells. <laughs> Um, he is an absolute star in this movie. He has nothing but great quotes, and he's fucking hilarious. Um, he's he currently stars in Succession on HBO, which I like but haven't kept up with. Oh, it looks um, really good, and it's it's a lot of like quippy humor, but it's mm-hmm. kind of dry. Like it's not laugh out loud. Um, we'll check it out. Yeah. Um, and also, he was also in the um, Home Alone movies, the first ones, mm. alongside his brother Macaulay. Number one, I love the name Wallace Wells. Why is that? <laughs> Alliteration. That's it. Oh. It's just so catchy, Wallace Wells. Well, it goes um, with the character because the <laughs> character has so much of this, like, it's, I, I guess, 
some of it is, or maybe a lot of it is cliche, but <laughs> it's executed so well that yes. you don't even care. No, it's so good. And like, uh, <laughs> kick him in the balls. Like this, kick, him, <laughs> kick her in the dude, balls. Dude, that's just so good. <laughs> I, I love, like, I love that. Hey, do they, do they rock or suck? They have not started playing yet. That was a that was a test. You, you passed. And he does a little finger that like he circles <laughs> like that. He's so perfect. So perfect. I love it. And I feel like that whole that that scene you were just talking about, the first uh, uh the first battle at the bands uh-huh. and is so important to his character because um <laughs> he he starts hitting on this guy mm. who obvious or who is with uh, Scott's sister, yeah. and he doesn't even care. But then by the end, they turn around and go, "Well, tell your gay friends yeah. that I say bye." Yeah. And she goes, "Gay friends," and turns around, and Wallace is making out with <laughs> yeah. her boyfriend. Well, that <laughs> honestly, one of the things I love about that is later in the movie they kind of address it as like. I didn't make up the gay roles. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if you have any problems, take it up with Liberace's ghost. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> oh man, yeah, he's great. He's and great. I love, so I love him and Scott's um, living arrangements. Oh yeah, you're totally my bitch forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, just the fact that they they share a bed. Yeah. Scott is straight, <laughs> Wallace is not, and then Wallace has other men sleeping in bed. <laughs> I love that t- the time where Scott uh, is talking to him in bed. Wallace sits up he, and, and like responds to him. I can't remember yeah. exactly what was said. And then another uh, guy. Another. <laughs> uh, then another guy comes up. And then a third guy comes up. The third guy being the boyfriend that yeah. he stole from Scott's sister at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> he's kind of a perfect character. Like all the comedy is so suited for him. Next up, we have Anna Kendrick is really early in her career with this movie as Scott's sister Stacy. Normally, I like Anna Kendrick. She's wearing on me now. Uh, we're ten years <laughs> into her career, and at this point, she's typecast as the funny, quirky, messy girl in any comedy ever, and it's bad. Um, it was fun for a few years. She did great movies like Up in the Air and Fifty Fifty and End of Watch and Scott Pilgrim, um, and then she did Pitch Perfect. Now, I like Pitch Perfect. Oh, yeah, me too. That was the beginning of her downfall. <laughs> because now she's the Pitch Perfect girl. That character is now her franchise. And it sucks. I am legitimately a little mad and it could, sorry. It could have been worse. People could have rem- re- um, remembered her for being in um, Twilight. It's true. It's true. It's true. <laughs> and she she has spoken out about how she is not happy that she was in those movies. That's fine. So Robert Pattinson, and he's amazing. You should watch Good Time. It's a great movie. Um, also on Prime. Um, okay. But I'm, I'm a little mad and kind of sorry that I took us to go see Pitch Perfect 2 only to sit through that shithole of a movie. Oh, Pitch Perfect 2? Yeah. Yeah. As... No, it, it wasn't. And... The f- oh, I- 
there are, there are one or two scenes that I love. Like the throw up scene is actually hilarious, oh, but it's gross I, as shit. I hate, that. I hate that. That's not in the second movie. That's in the first movie. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, well movie. then, never mind. The first yeah. movie's great. <laughs> yeah, the first movie is, is great and really watchable. Um, second movie. Uh, some of the music is pretty good. I like the German team. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Cover of... Um, Muse. Muse. That's what it was. And yeah, Fall yeah, Out yeah. Boy. And oh, All I Do Is Win. Mm. It's is good. I don't know how... Anyway, Anna Kendrick's character is really great in this movie. Um, she has, I think, maybe ten lines, uh, if not eleven. Um, I don't know. She's talking so much in this movie. I, I love the fact that she is like the the queen of gossip like yeah. all she does <laughs> don't you have something to do <laughs> right I need to send out a mass test text <laughs> about all of this uh, but, but I like um, and and that is like the core of her character what I really like um, so there's there's a scene where um, Scott comes back from I guess it was a date or something and he's he's talking to Wallace and He's like, and Wallace starts the conversation. Can we, instead of a girl, say, uh, yeah. <laughs> "Oh, that's right. That's this is before he dates Ramona and he meets her at the party." I met a girl. <laughs> I met a guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's really cute. He's really cute. And I was like, "Yeah, there she is. <laughs> there he is." <laughs> so, I love that because then, out of nowhere, he gets a call from his sister. Yeah. He goes, "You're dating two girls." He goes. What? No, I'm not. How'd you hear that? Wallace. And he looks over. Wallace is passed out. <laughs> He's not even awake. <laughs> um, and then, uh, again, where, where she kind of shows, like, her um, queen of the gossip. And the other thing is she, she is trying to give him sound advice, but it's, it is like... But she has other priorities. Yeah, it's other priorities, <laughs> definitely. Um, is near the end when... Um, I think it's right before the the final fight scene. Um, so Ramona breaks up with him, and he's he's sitting on the swings outside, and his sister is sitting there, mm-hmm. and they're having this um, uh, like heart to heart. She's like, "Was she really the one?" or something like that, and and then after um, after the conversation ends, she gets up and then starts talking to somebody on yeah. the phone. And goes. Yeah, I know. Oh my god, I can't believe it. It's so pathetic. So pathetic, yeah. <laughs> and you just assume that she's talking about <laughs> Scott. It's like, wait. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Next we have Mark Webber as Stephen Stills. Um, I haven't seen him in much. I can only think of Green Room with Anton Yelchin. Um, who was he in that movie? He was the, he was the skinhead who uh, switched sides. Oh, oh wow, I didn't even recognize yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I really like Stephen Stills. He has some pretty great lines. Um, my <laughs> favorite might be um, a gig is a Oh my gosh. Um, a gig is a gig is a gig, gig is, is a, a gig. gig. That's really, like, I want to put that, like, I want to get that tattooed. You're like, it's such a good line type of thing. Um, I, I like, I, I like when he goes, um, uh, is she going to geek? Yeah. And she goes, well, I, I don't know. Well, no, no, I want her to geek. Well, she has potential to geek. <laughs> she, has, she has the capacity to geek. <laughs> um, I really like... Uh, um, all right, from now on... <laughs> I know what you're going to no, say. No more talk of girlfriends, whether old, 
new or new new and how young Neil says, <laughs> and then young Neil goes, new new that's <laughs> really I like I like him a lot he doesn't have a big role but it's big enough to, to make are a you presence. kidding I think it um, is a big role he is the he's the 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 glue he's the backbone of the band and if Scott wasn't in a band, then this wouldn't be a movie about music. That's fair. I take it back. <laughs> Kieran Culkin doesn't have a big part, but yeah, that yeah, you're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, next is uh, Allison Pill as Kim Pine. Um, I know her from Goon with Sean William Scott, one of my favorite comedy actors ever, as well as the sequel to that movie. And she was in Hail Caesar. I can't remember who she was in that, mm-hmm. but that's a great movie. Um, not much else. Uh, in my research... Wait, I, which character? Kim. Oh, Kim, Kim. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. love this character. Um, so, <laughs> r- random thing. She... Did you ever watch the Redwall cartoon? From, like, no. 2002? No. She was in that. Oh. Um, but, you know, that's kind of a random fact. Kind of like knowing that Stephen Crowder was the brain in Arthur when he was a kid. You know, it's just kind of a random fact. Um, yeah, Kim is great. Um, actual salt of the earth. Kind of funny she was inadvertently describing herself. Um, yeah. I love Kim. She's great. Uh, she, she is very... no. Well, it's funny. She doesn't want to deal with BS, but she is full of BS. <laughs> oh, it is great. Like, um... Oh, what, what was it? Uh, when, when, um... I think she she first met uh, Ramon and she's like, yeah, Scott and I um, used to date. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. she goes, oh, um, what is it? She goes, is any stories? And any stories? Yeah, he's the worst. Yeah. Or is there one? He's, he's an idiot. He's an idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> she is superbly. Uh, her tone, her tone is superb mm-hmm. in this movie. Um, like at the end when she goes. We are sex babam. We're here to sell, sell out and stuff. stuff. As she's scratching her yeah, eye with, with her the middle, middle finger. finger. Yes. And then later, <laughs> when you know, when he has to go back and do it, he goes, we're, we're we're here to watch Scott. Scott t- uh, we're sex babam. We're here to watch Scott Pilgrim kick your teeth in. Yes, and it's great. <laughs> she's great all over the pa- all over the place. Hey Scott, you should totally go talk. Not that I care, but you should totally talk to your girlfriend before she leaves. Oh, thanks. Not that I care. Yeah, uh, it's, it's you know, she and she cares she, without care. She does care, and it's another it's it's another thing similar to like um, *Knives Chow*, where um, eventually um, they they become friends again. Mm-hmm. And even though I guess she's technically friends with him because they hang out on a regular basis, but whether <laughs> they're actually friends, you yeah. know? Yeah, they're you know they're just in the same room a lot of the time mm-hmm. yeah next is chris evans as lucas lee oh um right, i so, love this so <laughs> this is kind of kind of early in his career um we all know him as captain america but he made this i think right after he became captain america because i think avengers was 2010 as well um, but he goes way back to 2001's Not an, not Another Teen Movie and the atrocity known as Fantastic Four. Um, <laughs> and right before Scott Pilgrim, he did The Losers, which is worth watching. Oh, The um, Losers is good, yeah. yeah. Um, it was right before... 
uh, Captain America, yeah. And um, it was right after Losers. <laughs> and Push. That's right, he did do Push, yeah. Yes, um, but both those movies are good. So, so, so he had no notoriety, but maybe not like like big mainstream until he did um, um, Cap. Captain America. I mean, maybe there was a handful of people who watched Fantastic Four and remembered. Yeah. But, um, I, well, when this movie came out, people like you and I could watch it and go like, hey, it's that guy, you know? Um, so I have one thing to talk that I really want to mention as about Chris Evans, but I'm going to mention it in the what I liked section. So, mm-hmm. um, but other things that I liked, um, I, I like, I just like Lucas Lee. He's such an asshole. He it's is. Like, um, uh, like when Michael Sarah says, uh, "You're going to do a thingy on those rails." It's called a grind, <laughs> bro. bro. You know, and, and that awful clip from the movie when Wallace is watching TV. It's like, and he dials the phone with the gun <laughs> yes. and he says, "All right, Bubbo, <laughs> or Buckaroo, or whatever." Something like that. All right, the next, the next thing you're gonna hear is two clicks. The first click is me hanging up this phone. The second click is you hitting the ground or something like that. <laughs> it was, it was, it's yeah. so bad, it's so but I love it. He is so awful, but I love it. I love his accentuated eyebrows. I love his. I'm nothing without my stunt team. Yes. <laughs> and when he's when he's walking away, when his phone goes up, and he goes, <laughs> that's actually uh, hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love that. It's just, and, but you never know. It's just him in his own world. And this yeah. character is a treat. This is a, a, a wonderful <laughs> surprise. You do not expect no. this character to be in yeah. this movie. Yeah. And well, there's so much you don't expect about this movie, but yeah. especially him. And then he just happened. And that's what it is. He's a happening. He is a force. <laughs> and you're just like, wow, that's awesome. His his character is like such such a force. <laughs> uh, I like when the uh, the stunt doubles come. The stunt doubles, all their voices are, are his, are his yeah. voice. <laughs> <laughs> and I really like when uh, you want some coffee. No, negative, not a. No, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, and I really like uh, Wallace going like. Ask him how it feels to take a clock in sloppy seconds, and he doesn't even finish it. He finishes, and he gets slapped over the face with a skateboard. Uh, It's a great scene. Great scene. It Um, is. And and then, of course, we gotta say this line when um, uh, uh, Wallace first comes up and goes, I want to have his adopted babies. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's great. Um, all right. Next is Brie Larson as Envy Adams. Brie Larson might be my actual favorite actress, and by that I mean she's my actual favorite actress. Um, I don't even like her that much in Captain Marvel, but I, I mean, what I mean by that is I didn't really like Captain Marvel, um, but I'll watch it anyway. I'm a fan. Scott Pilgrim was her first big movie, um, but she was in Twenty One Jump Street as Jonah Hill's love interest. The high schooler. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> right? Um, she had a small role in spe- in The Spectacular Now. She was in Don John. Um, the Amazing Short Term 12 and Room. Oh, yeah. She had a brief stint on Community as Abed's girlfriend. She was in Kong Skull Island and Free Fire, which is a great movie. I am kind of convinced she can do no wrong. 
Um, <laughs> and Envy Adams is great. She's a dick. Um, you know, <laughs> you you just headbutted my boyfriend in the head so hard he burst. He burst. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, this character foreshadow or like she is a shadow over the whole story mm-hmm. at the very beginning of the movie there are hints and foreshadowing of her coming mm-hmm. like for a while we don't even know her name yeah this is just and a then, band in the universe and then like um, oh, oh his ex-girlfriend his ex-girlfriend yeah yeah, yeah yeah um and then the band too the fact mm-hmm. that um, she's in a mainstream band that, well, yeah, that yeah. everyone knows. Um, but um, there was uh, there was one scene where Scott's at his house and um, Wallace is there with with a guy, and uh, they're talking. And oh, oh, Scott was talking about his dream and this dream with oh, Ramona, yeah. and then the um, the other uh, the guy, guy other the Scott. Guy, Oh, yeah, it was. Other Scott. Other Scott pops up and goes, was this an Envy-related dream? We don't say the E word in a year. And it's like, wow, this random guy even knows the backstory. (laughs) I think my favorite scene from her is her, her physical introduction in the movie, which is... On the phone. Yes. Right? Yeah. That's... is introduced flawlessly. Scott right in the frame, Scott right here, Wallace back here. Um, the phone rings. It's right when Ramona broke up, I think. So he's a downer. And because Wallace mm-hmm. is being like, uh, you gotta call her. And then the phone rings. I got a feeling that's for you, guy. Like, very mm-hmm. hopeful. Oh, yeah. And then he picks it up and she goes, Scott. And he goes, Envy. And Wallace has that, oh shit. Oh, shit. Like, yeah. That very very serious and this his half goes his black. half goes black and it's the shadowy face of envy amazing lighting or or um uh transition to have that mm-hmm. go black and just to have her um uh in 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 shrouded you know mm-hmm. that is really amazing and it gives like i'm kind of getting chills talking about now um also a movie reference to that like oh mm-hmm. just got chills yes. like, <laughs> um I don't know that that transition is like you write home about it to your movie friends. So that scene, I mean, so I've watched this movie so many times. I can't tell you how many times <laughs> I've actually seen it. Last night watching it, I noticed something for the first time watching that scene. Hmm. Is as they're talking in the background, there are like um, there are pictures. You know, pictures you get from like the, the cameras. Yeah. No, 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 no. The cameras from, um, like, the camera booths. And they spit out the... Yes, yes, On yes. the wall. That's there, right, yeah. There are pictures of Scott and... Um, Envy, yeah. Well, no, no, no. What What is he... Nat. Nat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's the thing you got to decipher is it's the same person, but it's different characters. Mm-hmm. Nat and Envy. Mm-hmm. And so in the background, she even looks different than Envy looks. Mm-hmm. Like, her hair is a slightly different color. Yeah. She wears it a little differently. She changed her name. She changed her hair. That's then, right. That's and what then she uh, decided she didn't like me anymore. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Oh, she, di- she decided she didn't like her name, and then she decided she didn't like me. Is yes. The, is the quote. Um, yeah. It's... Yeah, and and I don't I don't know how I never noticed that, and I was like, oh shit, this is 
crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And then um, I really like when she, um, she physic. Um, well, so you called that physically, but when um, she's first face to face with Scott in the movie, with the like, poster, she's standing in front of a poster yeah. at right where her face is on the poster <laughs> and wearing the same thing. Yes. And yes. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, just to use this as an example, you know, Brie Larson in Room is not even really the same acting as Brie Larson in Scott Pilgrim. Like, oh, I'm jealous. Like, it's so radically different of a character mm -hmm. for her to play. It's, she does a lot, she's really good at it. And then we have, of all people, this, this casting choice kind of surprised me the most. Brandon Routh as Envy's boyfriend and bassist Todd Ingram. <laughs> fucking Superman was in this movie. <laughs> now, I'm pretty sure everyone hated Superman Returns, but he is great in this. He's such an idiot and a dick. <laughs> and kind of like, that's... That, to me, that's how you know an actor is worth their salt. They're willing to take a part that isn't flattering. Um, it's not really a comparison, but I think the king of this is Harvey Keitel in Bad Lieutenant. Did you ever see that? No. Watch it. He, like, there is nothing flattering about him as an actor in the movie, and it's amazing. And it's, it's kind of hard to watch. You mean, you mean the character? There's nothing flattering about the character? Uh, well, I mean, since he portrays the character, like, there's a moment where he's so depressed and drunk, he walks around naked and, and does, like, he just behaves very strangely. Okay. And, you know, I think a, a regular person would never want to willingly go on set and do that. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, like I said, not really a comparison to this, but I think it's similar mm -hmm. enough that it, my mind went there. Um, but <laughs> he's great. Like, <laughs> he punches the highlights. You I, punched <laughs> the highlights out of her hair! It's... Uh, it's... Oh, <laughs> uh, man. It's like... And when Emmy's... You're incorrigible. I don't know the meaning of the word. He really, he really doesn't. doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> he's... He, and he has to explain why veganism gives you superpowers and it's like your partake. brain is filled with curds and whey I think he says <laughs> I partake of neither the milk or the 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 breast milk or the meat of anything with a face or the like, ovum or the ovum of anything yes. with a face yeah as ah uh, oh man That's and then great. envy is in the background being yeah. a vegan just makes you better than everybody yeah. else. And it's beautiful because <laughs> at that time, people who, who were vegans, yeah. they were... They, doing that. They were doing that because they felt that they were better than people. Mm -hmm. And it, and yes, you could do it to, to save the animals. And nowadays, people do it because of health reasons. Mm -hmm. uh, so now, it's not cool to... Do it because you think you're better. Yeah. <laughs> but at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I said, it's another transition. Yeah. It, <laughs> from from one one decade to another. Yeah. <laughs> um, the only other thing I want to talk about with him is the base battle. Oh is yes. Awesome. Cause so go on, go on, go on. Uh, because Michael Sarah already played bass. And he's already nerdy and weird. Mm -hmm. um, and Brandon Routh already played bass. So it mm -hmm. was really cool. And they're both talented in their own different genres. Um, Scott is a little more uh, genre-based. Uh, um, 
but Todd is a little more technical mm-hmm. and, and melodic. Um, and that was fun to watch to watch that, but it, a little depressing because as a guitar person, I know Scott's guitar was a Rickenbacker, and when it exploded, it made me sad a little bit. Um, but anyway, so the thing, so yeah, it was really cool, but I feel like it could have been so much better because. Scott did not play well at all, and Todd mm-hmm. was spot on. Yes. He was so good in that, and it just felt like Scott was just like not even he couldn't couldn't even catch up. I kind of like that though because they have three battles. The first one is a physical fight mm-hmm. um, where Scott was out of his league, mm-hmm. so he lost. He tried to you know things he knows about Todd. He's a fighter. He plays bass. He's vegan. So he's using all these things. So he tries physical and gets his ass kicked. Mm-hmm. He tries the bass because he, you know, maybe, you know, maybe Envy is dating a dude who's really not better than Scott. So he plays bass and loses. Mm-hmm. So he has to go for the vegan. No. Todd is an idiot. So, and that's the thing. He is a psychic who is stupid. Yes. So. Yes. Dude. <laughs> I could see in your mind's eye that you poured half and half into one of those cups. I'll take the one with soy. Like, it's a... But, <laughs> yeah, muchacho, I thought real hard about pouring the soy in this cup. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, and that's, that's good. That's really, really good. Um, yeah. So, so, one thing, it's kind of out of... Well, not really out of topic. It's at the beginning of this um, when... Um, Clash of Demon Head first starts playing mm-hmm. um, when um, Ramona and Scott are are in the crowd and that l- that look that they yes. have on their faces when they basically they realize we bo- we dated that band up there <laughs> <laughs> that look those looks on their faces yeah. is just hilarious. <laughs> An interesting difference in the um, in the in the movie and the graphic novel is that Envy finds out that Todd is cheating on her with their bass, uh, the drummer, and oh. they fight. Oh, that, cool. that's that's part of that. Yeah, that was something, oh. something I read, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> next we have. Uh, did you have anything else? No. Uh, next we have Mae Whitman as Roxy Richter. Um, I know May oh. from Arrest Development as George Michael's bland religious girlfriend Anne <laughs> Anne Veal or um, Egg. I uh, I knew her. I <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I um, I hope she's funny. <laughs> I, I I remember her most when I think of um, Parenthood. <laughs> um, yes, uh, which I never her, watched with her and uh, Dax Shepard mm, and a bunch of other Dak names. She's actually uh, been in a lot of things, mostly mm-hmm. mostly Disney type stuff or like kids stuff. She's been in the business since '94. Mm-hmm. Um, she was in Fillmore, which I watched, which is like a neo noir Disney Channel show. Okay. Uh, it was like a detective school, like uh, as a kid, who was a detective at school, and it was cool. Um, she was in um, Johnny Bravo, <laughs> American Dragon, Jake Long. Oh. Um, the Perks of Being a Wallflower. Yeah. I kind of hate that movie. And you mentioned Parenthood. Um, There's another character I can't wait till we... Or actor we... Uh, I can't wait to start talking about who was in that movie. Who? Uh, what isn't, movie? What? Isn't, wasn't uh, the guy who played Young Neil in the... Uh, yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's you know she's fun. She's kind of whatever. Uh, she has some good lines. I kind of don't care uh, about her. Good opinion. lines? Are you kidding? She <laughs> has amazing lines. Um. Oh, crap! What's happening? Um. So when he finds out that um that Ramona dated her, I love that. You had a sexy face. <laughs> you had a sexy face, and. She just has so many of these, like, um, what was it? Oh, yeah, so she she was like, I was just, um, uh, I was just a little bi-curious. And she goes, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm a little bi-furious. Yeah. And, and then at one time she called, she's like, all right, has me in. Yeah. <laughs> I think. And. And the fact that she her her weapon is her belt, which is basically the sword from uh, or Ivy's sword from Soul Calibur. Oh yeah, yeah. That yeah. and that is so cool that like um uh, um crap Ramona has has that the hammer, hammer and yeah. then she's got like the 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 ivy blade if you will yeah and <laughs> that beginning of the fight is so freaking cool <laughs> I think my favorite line from her is like when it's slow motion or it's like slowed down and she goes your boyfriend's about to get effed in, in the, the B. B no no your BF is ah, about yes. to get effed in yeah. the B <laughs> the writing on this is stupidly ingenious and I almost funny. feel like they had different people writing <laughs> for different characters because it's so the characters are so unique they did it ah oh. <laughs> yeah it, it's too good it's too mm-hmm. good um yeah she did a good job i like it yeah good job man mm-hmm. um next is uh, one of your favorite people aubrey plaza as julie powers <laughs> i am really 50 50 on aubrey plaza um she's exceptionally great in Parks and Rec yes. and Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. And I liked Safety Not Guaranteed. But except for those and Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates with Zach Efron mm-hmm. and Anna Kendrick, um, she's picked some awful projects. Um, <laughs> I get the impression I wouldn't get along with her in real life. <laughs> I think like she's just a weird girl whose shtick is being offensive because boys are offensive and get away with it so I can too. So now she's just yeah but anyway she does a good job in this movie um and everything she does is gold um like how are you doing that with your mouth never the fuck are you mind with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah right it, that all that is i don't know if that's in the graphic novel or not but whoever came with up came up with that needs a raise that's i mean that's again where like each character each character bends reality to their own liking because of their personality. <laughs> and, and that's another part which makes this movie magical. She... <laughs> she edits her own self yeah. in reality and no one knows how she... Li- yeah. And people can physically see yeah. the bleep bar over top of her mouth. <laughs> how does Decaf that coffee for fucking Pilgrim. <laughs> <laughs> And and I like how you know I, that also could play into a little of um, kind of alternating reality 
um, at the house party when Scott is asking around about Ramona mm-hmm. um, and he f- discovers that um, uh, Julie Powers knows mm-hmm. Ramona and she gets angry. She's like, I told you to stay away from her. And like the whole party goes dark except for her. Oh, yes, yes. That, that now that we're talking about it, could very well be just her being like, focus on me. <laughs> I'm serious. I would not be surprised if that was an actual thing. Everybody has superpowers in this. Everybody. <laughs> except um, Stephen Stills. <laughs> I don't know. The the amount of... I've never seen someone worry as much as him. That's a superpower, man. <laughs> oh, man. Um, next, we have Johnny Simmons as young Neil. <laughs> I know him as the kid in 21 Jump Street who dies from overdosing on the drug in the movie. Oh, that's right. He's on the YouTube video. Yes, yeah. yes. Apparently, he's also in Jennifer's Body, which I haven't seen, but I know you like that movie, so oh, I wrote it down. I love that um, movie. He's also in Perks of Being a Wallflower. <laughs> Fuck that movie. Oh, and he's in Girl Boss, the Netflix show, which I actually like. It's a decent show. I have no um, clue what that is. <laughs> it's about uh, a girl who starts an online store of um, selling thrift stuff online as like vintage mm-hmm. stuff. It's it's pretty good. She like she's kind of a kind of a slacker, but mm-hmm. she starts her own small business. It's pretty cool. Okay. Um, yeah, but I I love young Neil. You know, from the from the get go, he's like, yeah, she seems awesome. Or like, <laughs> when Knives is at practice, she's like, what do you play? He goes, uh, now that's that, the question. Yeah, like, he's like a Zelda Tetris, Mario, yeah, Tetris, <laughs> and he goes, that's kind of a big question. Like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> like he's so dumb, and I love not when dumb. It's it's <laughs> he's he's in a different world. Well, <laughs> And that uh, obtuse. Kind of, well, I mean, no, that kind of talks about, like, some some gamers are, like, in their own world. <laughs> and that's what it is. He's in his own world. So when she asked him a question, like, to other people, they view it as something else. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. It's not like he... Um, you could ask that question to somebody who is a gamer in a different context mm-hmm. and it wouldn't be misconstrued. So <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. it's it's a perception. Right. This guy perceives the world in a different way. <laughs> like yeah. the whole right. Yeah. Yeah. Like like the whole Hi, I'm Neil. Like, sure. like yeah, Neil that's, can that's Neil true. can play your parts. Yeah. Hi, I'm Neil. <laughs> well, and I just realized also with the perception thing, you know, he is sitting there playing with his DS. Or is it an SP? Maybe I can't. One remember. of those, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he's like boys. he's toying with it. So like, what do you play? Like, oh, she's referencing the thing in my hands. I mm-hmm. get that. Um, but I also love like he's into the musical. He enjoys it, mm-hmm. but he's not as involved as you would otherwise believe. If not for one moment in this movie, at one of their shows, they're playing the uh, dump, uh, the dump garbage truck, so, garbage, garbage man, truck, or garbage he, truck, and he says the wrong word. But but all it is, <laughs> he he goes. Oh no, but the word is oh my. Yeah. And, and he's like, oh, oh my. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I actually really like that moment with him. It's, Me too. It's a good bit of fun. Now, as far as the cast goes, last and not least, the voice that narrates every so often is none other than Bill Hader. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes. And this man is a comedy genius. I love everything I see him in. Mm-hmm. I would watch him do interviews for the rest of my life, and I would be fine. <laughs> um, 
yeah, he's he's great. He's great. I can't I can't say enough about him. Really, um, his his lines are are pretty great. Um, Scott is acutely aware that his last haircut was three hundred sixty five days. Whatever. Yes. Uh, yeah. That whole narration when <laughs> when he he was first talking about I uh, envy to uh, Ramona. Yeah. Yeah. It was mutual. It wasn't. It was brutal. Like. Yeah. <laughs> I, one thing I really like about it though is that I feel I, I feel weird calling it narration because it's not because it's not properly narrating the narrative he's I like that he's called the voice in the credits because he's just in there from time to time he, he adds little he, things he's, he's, as a voice he's backstory that we as the viewer would not get any other way yeah yeah all right that wraps it up for cast that was like a 40 minute segment we're gonna move on to what I disliked. You talk first, because I, I still need to kind of think about this a little bit. Okay. What I disliked. The first fight with Matthew Patel is a little cringy at times. Um, but that's, you know, when he does some weird sorcery, whatever, it gets a little weird. But it's supposed to be cringy. Everyone in the movie that's not Matthew Patel has my reaction to this. What? <laughs> so... I disliked it. It was weird, but I feel like I also have to let it slide because it's supposed to be that way. And everyone agrees with me. So, so it is it is really weird, but that kind of goes I don't know if we we yeah, I think we said this earlier, but just like how there are different parts of the movie that really you're not sure if they really fit in, but <laughs> because they're so out there, one of them being Matthew Patel mm-hmm. with his um singing demon hipster chicks <laughs> and uh, kind of like this <laughs> and and the whole are you a pirate <laughs> pirates are in, in this, this season, year, in this season. <laughs> and um it's just like yeah it is really weird but i'm so glad that that was one of the first fights mm-hmm. because it made me go what the fuck <laughs> but it was one of those what the fuck I need to see what's gonna happen next mm-hmm. so yeah so it um no I I understand because it is weird and awkward and he's kind of doing this whole Bollywood type um so, yeah it's kind of racist too but um <laughs> I did think about that as I was watching the movie <laughs> yeah I wondered but uh, who um, cares so I mentioned it before. I feel like the base battle could have been one of the best scenes in the whole movie if Scott did a lot better. Mm. Um, yeah, that was uh, when I first watched the movie. That was definitely. I mean, I've enjoyed it the more the more I watched it. Mm-hmm. But the first time I watched, it, I was like, "No, this could have <laughs> been like Epic. a scene that would live in your memory for." Ever and yeah. but um yeah and so and then there's one other scene that I find really weird and it goes along with that like it just feels misplaced and it's after um what is it I think after he uh, Ramona agrees to go on a date with him or after his first after his first date um where they um go to the movie thing no oh i guess that was no where he um <laughs> spends the night at her place 
Okay. And he comes and he comes back home and he's talking to Wallace, but the whole thing is like a sitcom where it's got the laugh tracks the and everything. Bit, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, I don't know. This is why are they doing this? But watching it last night, I was like, eh. It doesn't bother me as much as it did when I first watched it. Um, but yeah, and that was the other thing. I was I was trying to think of this last night. Like, what I didn't like about the movie, there is very little I do not... Or that that I dislike about that. Yeah. It is such a good movie. It is. I don't, it is. Yeah. Um, I think I feel that way about all of Edgar Wright's movies. I don't know if there's much that I dislike about any of them. They're just so well put together. Like he he's been a pro from the start, and it's it shows over mm-hmm. over the fifteen plus years he's been in business. I mm-hmm. mean, Shaun of the Dead was uh, fifteen years ago, so yeah, mm-hmm. it was longer than that, probably twenty. So that's what we disliked. Uh, now, what I liked um, from second one, I love the commitment. To how weird this movie is going to be, <laughs> with and 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 to video game lore, with the eight bit Universal theme. Yes, that is great. Okay. I love that Universal was fine with it. Um, yeah, it's it's great. It's great. Um, uh, narration by Bill Hader, uh, always good. Um, the editing and visual style is pretty fantastic. There's lots of little visual cues, like everyone's character introductions at the beginning of the movie. Um, Julie's censored mouth. You have um, Scott's pee bar. Yes, um, pee bar. Yeah, and uh, visual effects like when they kiss and like little hearts. Yeah, oh, you know um, stuff like that. Scott and the power of respect, and I'm yes. getting a life. And there's just so many great visual moments like that they're just Mm -hmm. like mental moments of (laughs) i get it you know but they you know it all adds up to this great to help this great thing um you know and a lot of it is just stuff like the thunk and comic book things that pop up on screen yeah and 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 in any other movie it would be weird but in scott pilgrim it's expected almost like you know it's (laughs) you know yeah um I love the humor. It's amazing. The humor in this is so um, kind of as off the wall as you can get. That's why I love it. It matches up with my own personal humor so well. <laughs> oh, it, yeah. <clears throat> um, I like when uh, Scott has, you know, they ask him a question. Scott, do you know that girl? And that wheel spins above the his wheel. head. It's like... <laughs> I have to go and I have to pee. It's like I have to pee on her and <laughs> or uh, um, I have uh, I have is it uh, I have to go or I don't know her or whatever I, is no I have to pee and I don't know her. and I don't know yeah, her I have to pee yeah that's what it is um I thought you were so yeah the oh oh are you done with what you like uh with that just that specific one that no keep going okay um the soundtrack yes oh. It is amazing. Oh, so good. It is amazing. I love that they put out a full thing, a full soundtrack that has songs that are in the movie. Mm-hmm. And when this movie came out, I was talking about the soundtrack to someone else. I think it was one of the dudes from At Face Value. Mm-hmm. And, and I mentioned a song that he didn't know. Mm-hmm. Because I had gotten an extended play, like a two-disc version that I did not know, other people did not have. So I burned him a copy of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really cool. Like, they they made 
more than one version of it, like an extended one, and then just like the essentials or whatever. I I, um, I think the only movie um, that I can think of who that has had a soundtrack that is that like rivals this is Spider Man Into the Spider Verse. That is a great soundtrack. Too. Oh my gosh, yeah. that one's amazing too. Yeah. And yeah. There are video game nods all over the place. We kind of mentioned that with like the Zelda mm-hmm. thing and whatnot, but mm-hmm. like when he goes into the dream, uh, the subspace dream realm, that's and it's Zelda it's the, and... It, it's Zelda when you go into um, one of the fairy caves. Yeah, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's great. Um, I love the scene transitions. <laughs> They're super different, very original. Um, I like. Um, how sometimes the cuts are mid-discussion when Scott is, like, distracted. Mm-hmm. Uh, the night after the party, mm-hmm. Scott goes to bed, and then he, uh, he, no, um, what does he do? He doesn't go to bed. It, like, it, it's on Wallace, it's nighttime, and then in an instant, it's daytime, and it cuts, and Scott is at the computer. <laughs> what's the, what's the web address for Amazon.ca? <laughs> <That's me. laughs> um, Amazon, Amazon.ca. <laughs> <laughs> um... But that's a really cool transition. It's just so simple. Just a simple, and it's daytime. Like, it's, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and uh, when they go on a date, and he invites her, or when he sleeps over, and the next morning invites her to the show, mm-hmm. and it's like, Where is it? It's at the, and the and rocket pops up on the screen. Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. It's good. I like that. Um, some of my favorite transitions, anyway. Um, I love that the vegan police are Tom Jane, the fucking punisher okay that's i i always see it and i go why is he familiar and i never find anything that looks familiar on imbd when i look it up i also just now remembered he's also in arrested development for a couple episodes he's the wrench the um he's an actor who's on who plays the detective known as the wrench tobias's wife tries to date him or something because she thinks he's like a real detective <laughs> um yeah, and the other guy is uh, Clifton Collins Jr., who I only know from Westworld. He kind of looks like um, Rob Schneider a little bit. He does look a <laughs> lot. He, lo- he looks like a less weird-looking Rob <laughs> Schneider. Yes, he does. Um, but if you watch Westworld, he is uh, uh, Lewis, I think is his name. Okay. Um, the dude that the man in black uh, kidnaps. Um, I love the little subtle numbers that appear before each evil X. Uh, one through seven. That's mm-hmm. that's a lot of fun. Um, I like. I'm still discovering new ones when I watch it. Yeah, um, I, that's kind of fun. That was that was my problem watching it last night. I got caught up in all of the lines, <laughs> so my face was in my note notebook <laughs> writing stuff down as opposed to like watching it. So I would have to like force myself yeah. to just like watch. It's like oh, there's something. There's something. You yeah. Know? Well, some of them are really hidden. Some of them really like I haven't. I think I've only seen four. Is obvious. It's it's the number of the building before Roxy shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a uh, when Lucas Lee does his thing. There's two X's on either side of the street when they cross. That's the <laughs> new one I've noticed, and uh, I, I can't remember the other ones. Um, uh, I love when Lucas Lee exits his trailer. Mm-hmm. This is this is the one I wanted to mention. And the Universal theme plays, mm-hmm. and he cracks his neck to that da da. Oh. <laughs> that is, is yeah, yeah, really that good. is really yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when when uh, Scott Pilgrim says I'm, or uh, when Wallace Wells gave him a skateboard, he goes hi, big fan. He goes, 
Why, Why wouldn't, wouldn't you, you be? be? <laughs> <laughs> um, and this one is a little more subtle. I like a lot that Scott Pilgrim wears a Scott Pilgrim shirt. In the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. and in the third act when he's about to fight Gideon Graves. He has the heart Yeah, shirt. the yeah. heart Scott Pilgrim shirt, yeah. Um, those, those are the ones I, uh, I got. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, favorite things about this. Um, there's just, like, the lines, man. Like, some <laughs> of the lines, and some of, like, the real quick lines... Um, so after, um, Scott and Ramona break up, and Scott's talking to his sister, his sister goes, (laughs) she goes, so, did you see a future with her? And he goes, you mean like jetpacks? Yeah. (laughs) I I was like, what? That is amazing. Um... And then, um, there's, um, oh, there, there's a scene where, um, what was it? Um, he, he was telling somebody that he, he dated knives. Oh, it was right after the, um, uh, clash of the demon head Mm -hmm. and, um, they're walking through that club and He's like, oh yeah, I used to date her. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we're all um, peaches and gravy. Yeah. And, and, well, that, and then, and then he walks by her, and she goes, no. <laughs> I love all of that. It's so good. It's, yeah. And and then, um, I mean, I love the fight scenes, man. They mm-hmm. are so off the wall and different. And then the best one, I have to say. Amp versus Amp. Yeah. The Yagi... Was it not... Yagi... Uh, Caddy and Nagi Caddy twins. Caddy and Nagi twins. And they start playing, and then they're fighting with their avatars. Mm-hmm. I mean, what? Mm-hmm. It... Oh. And they... The scene itself is just crazy. The, the twins have a wall of mm-hmm. amps. And... I love their their like spirit animal, or I called it an avatar before, <laughs> of like the Yeti, mm-hmm. and it's like a rough looking Yeti. He's like not real pretty. He's just kind of like ugly, but not like he's like I don't know. I guess he is scary. I was gonna say he wasn't scary, but he's kind of scary looking. But yeah, that is that is so cool. And then mm-hmm. like. When um when they beat them, just well the initial, they blew the roof off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah, I think they blew the roof off. Yeah, it. <laughs> I think my two favorite things about that scene are, um, I don't really like the song "Threshold" on its own, but it's perfect for that scene. Oh, I love the that just the energy and the um, anger in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love how the scene, how Their that, voices. yeah, <laughs> the vo- yeah, like it's, mm, it's good. It's great. Yeah. I love it. Um, but also I love when it first opens to that scene in general and they're outside is like <laughs> amp versus amp is like this poster needs more, more exclamation yeah. marks. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going on first? Yeah. I think you're both first. <laughs> That's not possible. And then on screen it's like, actually it isn't. <laughs> 
Um, mm. All right, now this might be part of your time to shine. This section is called Great Moments or Great Quotes, mostly great quotes. Haven't I said them all yet? <laughs> Not all of them, we're missing some. How about this one? Break out the L word. Oh, yes. <laughs> all right, Scott, the L word. Lesbian? No, the other one. Lesbians? <laughs> I wasn't trying to trick you, Scott. <laughs> also in that scene, it's when uh, he's like hugging the fridge and he's like, you know what sucks? <laughs> and Everything. He, and he puts the sideways eight up there. Yes. <laughs> he writes sucks and an infinite sign underneath the sucks. It yeah. took me... It took me, um, I think, three or four watches to get that joke, I think, to notice it, to notice what he was doing. Um, and then, um, how are you doing that with your mouth? How are you doing that? Yeah. And then when uh, when Scott's like, why don't... You said this to me before, but when Scott says, um, why don't we play our own secret show? And Kim goes... Uh, All of our shows are secret shows. <laughs> and then I already said, a gig is a gig is a gig is a gig. Mm -hmm. That's really great. Um, we need our own stalker then it cuts and it looks and knives is there and it says stalker <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, I, I really like um, so when um, uh, we were talking about this before when he was talking to um, uh, why did I just draw a blank his roommate um, Wallace Wallace yeah and he goes I don't make the uh, gay, yeah. gay rules if you have any problems take it up yeah. with Liberace's ghost <laughs> Uh, uh, and then, of course, new, new girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Lucas Lee. He was a pretty good actor. Or now He was a pretty good skater. Now he's a pretty good actor. I'm stalking him later. <laughs> <laughs> or, oh, oh um, uh, which one? Um, anything from Wallace, like, basically. Yeah. There is, um, <laughs> I think it was the second... Hold on. It's uh, when he's at the school picking up knives. Do you <laughs> so want to know who's gay in my class? Yes. Does he wear glasses? Like. <laughs> Bye, Wallace. Bye. Um, Run. You're too good for him. <laughs> yes. Yes. That one. Oh, man. Um, let's see. Let's see. There was. Um, oh. I like. Um, I forget if it was with. Uh, Lucas Lee or if it was um, with um, Matthew Patel um, oh it was Matthew Patel um, he goes Scott watch out it's that guy yeah <laughs> yeah that, that is uh, Lucas Lee yeah no 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 that's Matthew Patel um, oh yeah 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 Does it, it's, like, it's that one guy <laughs> but with Lucas Lee it's like Scott fight whatever <laughs> or, or something like that and he, like, he drinks coffee yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see, let's see. Oh, yeah, I didn't write the one down for Lucas Lee. Oh, he was, like, drinking something when he was, um... Yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah at fight, yeah. Fight, and he kind of, like, raises his <laughs> other hand that doesn't have a drink in it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you know what, here's here's something, retroactively. I'm kind of retconning here. Um, mm -hmm. Something else I kind of didn't, I disliked, but not that I disliked, it's just that I kind of didn't care was the background on all the evil exes. I didn't care about those sequences. You know? I mean, talking about Matthew Patel, like, punched a hole in the moon or whatever. Like, those bits, they were kind of goofy, but that's not what I'm watching this movie for. I don't know. I, th I think it kind of, um... 
they were important because they kind of showed the frivolousness of all of her past relationships. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's why they were all cartoons, except for the backstory of Gideon, which was just like um, kind of in the background behind her talking, just his his the floating ghost head of him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I noticed that last night. I was like, everyone else were little cartoons, <laughs> except for... Kenny. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I did like those. Like, he punched a hole in the moon for me. <laughs> or the other one, we brawled and we scrapped till we were tired or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Scott Pilgrim is a young nerd's dream. Meant for people like you and myself. People who enjoy fun video game nonsense, but it delivers on a really good product that really could be for anybody under the age of 35. Well, and that's that's the important part, that it's not just for, like, video game enthusiasts, because, yeah. or people who are, like, hardcore into video mm-hmm. games. Like, it brings in the world of music mm-hmm. and comic books and mm-hmm. uh, video games Mm-hmm. And it creates this medium, this place where all three can come together and just enjoy themselves. Which is really what movies are for. <laughs> that, that great, you know, and I think the point of this podcast is like, let's talk about the perfect, ideally the perfect culmination of writing, music, and cinematography. <laughs> this thing kind of does that. Like, it, does. it really does. Um, but... I've, if you're over 35, I don't think you're going to like this movie. <laughs> um, I think uh, most of those are a little too old for references. And I think the style... Like, this is when Facebook was getting big. So, like, this is too... Like, I don't understand this darn technology. You know, not that they're that old. But I think I'm just old enough to love this movie. Which I'm is kind of sad. older than you. Uh, huh? <laughs> I'm older than you and I love this movie. Right. You're you're in that window okay, though. Like, okay. I'm just above the too young thing, I think. Oh. Um, you know, kind, you know, it, it was made for a certain time. Like Clark, uh, Clerks. Clerks is one of those great movies. I don't like Clerks. It wasn't <laughs> made for me. It wasn't it, it's too it's too before me. I don't get But then I, Dogma's great fucking love dogma it's so good it's so good but but you know that's later in kevin smith's career you know clerks was like uh was that like 1993 or something like that was right when skating was happening and and digital video and all is this was a new different era but i think scott pergam is like that as well i think it, it has a very specific audience it's so hyper stylized and i think it came out at the perfect time Mm-hmm. Like I was saying earlier, I don't. I'm not certain that it would be made today and be as good. I don't think so. Um, so I'm I'm happy it came out when it did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like like I said, it was kind of like an homage to the early 2000s. Yeah. And it had it all in there. Yeah. Yep. Brian, thanks for being on the show. Thanks uh, for having me. It's been a blast discussing this awesome movie (laughs) amazing movie yes for all you listeners at home don't forget uh who's not listening to this at home uh you can reply to this (laughs) podcast with a voice message if you have the anchor app 
or you can send me an email at movielovershow at gmail.com if you want to request a movie be discussed or hey maybe even co-host an episode if you have anchor because that's how i do this thing um either way you'll probably wind up on the next episode of movie lover 22 say goodbye brian bye brian (laughs) (laughs) 